one of the fallacies I see in the church today is people think they attend church. Okay? They, they, well, I attend such and such, or I go such and such. Big hairy deal. All right? You aren't saved to attend church. You were saved to be and live the gospel. You were saved and you, you, you um, uh, were created and you were saved to be the gospel to every person in your world. Amen. See, I, 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 I just, and, and I'm not sure what to do about it because I don't make friends. But the reality is this stuff where, you know, we go to church, we throw a few bucks in the offering. Next Sunday we go to church, we throw a few bucks in the offering. We have missed the whole stinking point. Jesus Christ came. He was the gospel. The miracle in that first aspect of what Beth read, think about it. The word, the creator of the universe, the king of the universe, the sovereign of the universe. And he had this planned before he even created the place. Came down through the heavens and became like you and me. Just between me and you. If I'm sitting in heaven and I'm eating at the, at the tasty cake tree every day, I'm not coming down here where I could have diabetes. No, I'm serious. I'm not coming down here to deal with all this foolishness. You understand what I'm saying? I'm sitting up there in perfection, looking pretty and looking good. Going down there ain't exactly what I want to do. But because of his love... Which is what the gospel is really all about. Are you with me? He was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he showed us exactly who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to live. Let me stop right there. Honestly, folks, church people really don't want to hear that. Please don't be mad at me. But most church people, and it was said in our nine o'clock dynamic, somebody said, oh no, what we church people like to do is we like to pick and choose which pieces we want. I'm going to be honest. That fruit called patience, I hate that. I want that taken out of the Bible. With my personality, I don't want to be patient. I want it. Now, anybody else struggle with that? You know, those are things I don't want to hear. But the reality is, it's what he said. It's what he lived. It's who he is. And if it's who he is, that's who I'm supposed to be. And I will never know peace. And I will never know joy until I choose to believe it. Amen? You got to hear this, guys. You know, so many who call themselves Christians... I don't know whether they're Christians. That's between them and God. But the reality is they don't show me nothing. They pick and choose and they are who they are. And if you don't like it, then they'll be mad at you. Okay. I love you. If you don't want to like me, I'm good with that. There's nothing I can do about that. You probably wouldn't have liked Jesus at all. 
No, I'm serious. Jesus was the most unlike dude you've ever seen in your life. He really was. Liked what, being liked wasn't on top of his list. Amen? Are you with me? You are supposed to be and live the gospel. Not just for yourself, but for every person in your world. You see, we were not saved to sit in church. We were saved to be priests. Every one of us is supposed to leave this place if we call ourselves a Christian. We're supposed to leave this place that, where the gospel is, is embedded and developing in us so that every person we meet, we can overflow God's love and God's joy and God's grace and God's peace and God's power over on and into them. Yes. That's the gospel. The gospel is not just fire insurance so I can ask him in and not go to hell. Although that's a good thing. But it's not what we're about. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying? I'm serious because most church, it doesn't hear. It talks. One of the the aspects, we'll get into it on Christmas morning. One of the aspects I love about all the, I read all the verses about the gospel and the word. I love the one that says it's not about talk, it's about power. And we in the church, we like to talk. We ought to be doing this. Well, if you ought to be, then do it. I mean, is anybody here with me? You know, I mean, seriously, we've, we've, we've got to raise the standard. We've got to raise the standard of what we expect from each other. Well, I show up every once in a while, so what? We should be every day becoming more and more and more Jesus Christ. I mean, this is so important because we live in a country and we got some folks from Canada and it's no different there. We're crazy. Amen? Anybody want to argue? Anybody read the newspaper lately? We're nuts. And it's kind of worldwide. And folks, going and hiding in church is not what Jesus called us to. He called us like the disciples to go out in Mark 16, 16, 15. It tells us we're supposed to preach the gospel to everyone in our world. Let me ask you a question. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? That's who we're supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to. Now, I'm not saying go out there and go, oh, you need the gospel or you're going to hell. No, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) She will sit in the back next week, baby. (laughs) But you know what? If you are the gospel, if you are the love of God, You just organically and naturally kind of develop a relationship and it gives you kind of a a special connection that we just, at the right time, at the right place, in in the right atmosphere, we have the opportunity to tell them, you know what, you don't have to live in fear. At the right time, in the right place, we can tell them, man, you don't have to live in bitterness. Somebody say amen. You know, I, I, at the right time, the right place, you can look at them and you, you don't have to have all that trash and guilt hanging all over your mind and all over your heart. Man, you can be forgiven. You could be set free. 
You could be a person that leaves this place and says, you know what? There is therefore no condemnation in me because I'm in Christ. That's the gospel, friends. That's the gospel. Amen. You know, so very, very, very important. You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether I've got time. I think I've got a little bit of time. Girls, can, can we go back to those scriptures? They're not paying attention, JC. They need to be fired. Uh, we pay them all that money. <laughs> the word, the logos, the, the creator king of the universe, who, 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 who sitting in heaven. Now, let me, let me say this parenthetically. I think this is so important because too many people feel like their salvation is very flaky. Well, I hope I'm saved. No, you don't have to hope you're saved. The creator king of the universe, he had this plan before he even created the place. You got to hear that. Your salvation is not based on your performance or your ability. And all God's people said, thank God, because I don't know about you, but I'm a flake. Now, some of you are sitting there going, I'm not. Give me 10 minutes and I'll point things out to you. All right? But hear hear what I'm saying. If it was on me to accomplish myself, I'd be in trouble. But the word of God, the logos of God, had this plan before. He became flesh to do for me what I could never. Abby, are we keeping you awake? (laughs) She was yawning. (laughs) She will punch me in the face tomorrow. (laughs) By the way. Where's my credit card? Uh, uh, I've been teasing her. She lost my credit card. Actually, I lost my credit card, and I blame it on her. But um, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory. I've said it before, and my wife gets mad at me, but that's okay. I don't even know how to describe glory. I know the Greek term is doxa. Are you impressed? The glory of God that lives in you when you asked him in. I'll say it again. Y'all missed it. The glory of God that lives in you when you asked him into your life. Are you with me? Is so magnificent I've got a PhD in biblical theology. Are you impressed? I can't even begin to explain the glory of God. And he and it resides in you. Are you with me? See, when you leave this place and and Satan starts to tell you how small and insignificant and messed up and and sinful you are, you you just say, wait a second. The glory of God resides in me. Therefore, I am unstoppable. There is nothing I can't accomplish or be that I was created to accomplish or be. Nothing. Nothing. I know after all these years of education, I ought to be able to explain that better, but I can't. 
Because it is so magnificent and so beyond the human to even begin to understand, let alone articulate. The glory of God. The one and only Son who came from the Father, full. That word Father, I mean full, actually means it is overwhelming and overflowing. I'll say it again because most of you look like you've been eating sour persimmons. I want you to think about that. When Jesus Christ, with this overwhelming, overflowing grace and truth lives in you, then his glory, grace, and truth is overwhelming and overflowing in and from you. Priests, Christians, disciples... Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Next verse. Next verse. Out of his fullness, out of his overflowing, we have all received grace in place of grace. What Beth read was blessing upon blessing. Kid? Is everybody connected with me? You hear what I'm saying? When Jesus Christ is in you, there is a constant pouring of his power and his glory and his love in you. Somebody said to me the other day, well, when should I have devotions? All stinking day long. Why would you not have devotions all day long? Why would you not pray unceasingly? Why would you ever, ever disconnect from God to go live life when he wants to pour his grace and his glory and his power and his truth and his love and his joy and peace into you so that it's overflowing all the time? Amen. All the time. All the time. All the time. Next verse. Next verse. We ain't never seen God. One person saw a little piece of him one time. Remember that story? He was hidden in the cleft of a rock. I have no idea what a cleft is. I know what a rock is. But I guess he was kind of hidden there somewhere under beside. So, and when he saw that little, little, little piece of God, when he came down off that mountain, his face shone in such a significant and powerful way. They had to put a veil over his face. Now, most people want to put a veil over my face. It ain't got nothing to do with glory. Okay. But I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. God wants to sit down with you every day, face to face, and pour his love and power and glory into you. Should that not make a significant difference in who we are every day? Should that not make us different than the average dude on the street? You see, 
your sons and daughters and spouses and grandchildren and neighbors and friends and workmates and enemies do not need to hear about how you go to church or where you go. They need to daily see that there is something extraordinary in you. There is something supernatural in you. You say, well, that's just for certain people. No, kids. That's for everybody. It's just somewhere along the line, a lot of people got the idea to live this little, little, little church life and call it Christianity, and they miss, they miss, they miss so stinking much. I beg you today, Open your spiritual eyes and heart or allow God to open your spiritual eyes and heart so that you can see his glory and receive his glory and live his glory and live his love and live his mercy and live his power and live his joy and live his forgiveness rather than allowing all the junk of this world to control us. Now we need to get to the sermon. The sermon today, I I call the perfect life with a question mark at the end. I know that sounds silly because everybody knows Jesus was perfect. Okay, that's cool. But I want you to think about his life. From the uh, last week, we talked about the fact that he God Almighty comes down through the heaven, heavens, creator of the universe. The royalty, even more royal than the British royals and the Kardashians. Hard to believe, isn't it? Do you from Canada, do you ever hear about the Kardashians? You ain't missed nothing. And is born in a barn. That's cuckoo. If my kids would have put Elijah in a barn, I'd have knocked them out. Amen? Are you nuts? He was born in a barn with a bunch of pigs and cows and not elephants, but all kinds of smells and noises and all the trinkets, right? And as soon as he's born, one of these politicians is ready to kill him. You think you got problems, be the creator king of the universe, and the first thing you find out is your your parents got to run to Egypt because the king is going to kill you. Right? Man, I look at Jesus, and I think, man, And let me tell you right up front, I hate this sermon. Because I don't know about you, but I like to make excuses and I love to have something to gripe about. Anybody say amen? You know, I just, I just soon this sermon just get off the website. Because it takes away all my right to excuses and it takes away all my right to grumble. Because Jesus Christ dealt with more goofburgers and knuckleheads. 
He dealt with more pushback. He dealt with more temptation. He dealt with more trials. He dealt with more pain. He dealt with more struggles. He dealt with more laziness. He dealt with more. I mean, could you imagine? You've spent three years with this guy who was the treasurer of your church. And on the night before you get killed, he comes up to rat on you, to snitch on you, and kisses you on the cheek. He's sitting with his disciples, his his church, the night before he's going to die. And the, quote, leader of the group, who never has gotten it, is sitting there arguing with you. Oh, that's not how it's going to happen, Jesus. Really? You know, I mean, you think of all the stuff he had to deal with. You think of all the people he had to deal with. You think of all the people that he spent such quality, quantity time with, and they never got it. I, being the wonderful man I am, I'd be frustrated and ticked. Amen? I mean, what in the world have I been doing these last three years? Who were you actually listening to? What is wrong with you people? You know? I mean, in the end, how many people did he really have on his team? He had his mama. That's about it. Maybe a couple others. I mean, I look at Jesus' life. I mean, he dealt with more, I was going to write, say, political idiots, but that's kind of redundant, isn't it? You know, it just, nah. You know, it, it, he, he dealt with more people that just didn't get it. He dealt with people that thought they had status above him. I mean, perfect life? I mean, how do they say Jesus lived a perfect life? Nothing really worked out for him. He had no position. They didn't name him to the president's council. He wasn't a presidential or Caesar's advisor. Could you imagine that? He wasn't mentioned as this great entrepreneur in all the books. I doubt that they uh, even had him write any forwards to any of the books back then. Could you imagine, you know, when they're mentioning greatness back then, he never built a great church. So who was he? You see, I look at his life and everything I don't want in my life is in his life. So I start to wonder, then all the stuff that I'm griping about and all the stuff that I'm grumbling about and all the stuff that I'm frustrated about was in his life. Anybody connecting with this? Because what do we get frustrated about? Things aren't working out the way I thought they would. Anybody? Bueller? That you had to watch movies to get that one. Right? You, you, you got to understand. The people around him 
They all liked Jesus when he was doing miracles and setting people free from demons. They just, oh man, Jesus. Then he told them stuff in the Sermon on the Mount and he told them his teachings and he told them they had to give up everything. And he said crazy stuff. Like, you got to deny yourself, take up your personal cross and die and follow in my footsteps. Whoa. I'm all into the miracles. I'm all over that. I'm all over when you set me free. I'm all over this salvation stuff. I'm all over this you love me stuff. I don't know about this denying myself stuff. I live in America and we Americans, probably Canadians too. We don't deny ourselves. Everything, including church, is about who? Me. And if it ain't about me, I'll go someplace where it's about me. Are you with me? You see, man, that's hard. Because everything I gripe about and get frustrated about, Jesus dealt with too. Only Jesus did it perfectly. He won. The reason I hate this sermon is it takes away all of my ability and feeling of rightness in all of my excuses. Because if he came to show us the Father, and he came to show me how to live, and he lived in the middle of all of this craziness and chaos, yet without sin and wan... What he's saying is, I came full of grace, I came full of glory, I came full of truth, I died on a cross and I rose again and sent my Holy Spirit so that you can win too. You see, in the middle of all of this stuff, When the disciples and the Pharisees and the politicians are all telling Jesus who he is and what he came for and what he was about, he looked at them and he said, listen, you've got to understand, I came for one purpose, and that is to do the will of my father. See, I don't know about you. But sometimes I get frustrated and I get discombobulated I get downright ticked and angry in the middle of all the stuff. Anybody else struggle with that? Huh? You know, some of you look so holy. Oh, praise God from whom all blessings flow. I'm not that person. Well, the reality is it's a temptation for all of us. And here's what I've found, especially this week, finalizing this sermon. And I hate this. When I get all ticked and frustrated and down and depressed about all of this, frustrated and bitter and angry, it's because I'm no longer about doing the will of the Father. 
I'm all about doing the will of me. I know. Don't tell the DS I said that. He might fire me. (laughs) You're right. But maybe that speaks to all of us. Maybe all of us. When we're doing the will of the Father, we're able to stay straight and focused The excuses make no sense. The bitterness and frustration and the grumbling make no sense because we've decided by the fullness of God's grace, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. I am going to be the person that God created me to be and I am going to do what God created me to do. Or... I can be all frustrated and have no peace and have no joy and be a joy zapper for anybody around me. Anybody else ever done that? I've done that. Ask my wife. Okay? And she knows. I'm a professional joy zapper when I'm in that mood. Okay? Praise God for the rest of you. Look at me so holy. All right? But maybe this morning we need to go, Wow. Jesus had all the same stuff around him I do. Jesus had all the same people around him that I do. Jesus had all the same temptation around him I do. Jesus had all the same disappointment around him that I do. But somehow, he did what the Father sent him to do. And he was the person that the Father sent him to be. Let me tell you something. There is nothing greater than being the man or woman God created you to be. There is nothing more celebratory and exciting than doing the thing that the Father sent you to do. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the person? Have you defined the person God created you to be? And do you know what God sent you to do? We'll talk about more of that in 2019. Okay? The second thing he said is, and I I don't like this part. Just we'll erase this out of the sermon when you put it on the website, okay? Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Man, I don't want to hear that trash. I want everybody around me to do for me. Anybody here a liar and say, that's not you? I, 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 I want everything around me to center on me. Amen? It's called inherited depravity. It's called selfishness. It's called, uh, three-letter word, sin. But Jesus looked up and said, guys, you, you're not getting it. It ain't about you. It, it ain't about you get what you want. It's about you following in my footsteps. 
and like me, being willing to die for every person around you, even those who don't get it, and even those who tick you off. Now, I hate that part. Because those people tick me off. I don't want to do nothing for them. Everybody, I love this. Everybody's like, But maybe once in a while, you struggle with that too. Amen? Amen. Wow. Wow. And Jesus said, listen, I came down here to die and rise again. For every person in the world. Well, that's Jesus. Well, don't you call yourself a Christian? Which means Christ-like? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go home and listen to some preacher on the radio. Because, man, you're you're just a joy zapper today. Actually, I'm not. You want peace beyond all human comprehension? You want joy inexpressible and full of glory? You want a life like no other? Then quit living all about you. And decide this morning, I am here. To do the will of my Father. Quit living all about and for you. And sometimes we even make church all about us, don't we? You know, I just didn't get the lift I wanted today. Maybe you weren't supposed to get a lift. Maybe you were supposed to get a humility. Amen? Instead of living for you, why don't you decide today, you know what? Like Jesus, it's not about me. I came to serve. You see, the way he was able to live in the middle of all that craziness and all that chaos and all that selfishness and be victorious and stay straight and have joy and have peace, even in the midst of all of that stuff, even on the cross, was, I ain't here for me. I'm here to serve. Are you here to serve? Are you just here to sit around feeling sorry for yourself? Why is everybody picking on me? Why didn't everybody do what I want? Because you weren't put here for everybody to do what you want. You were put here to serve everybody around you. Could you imagine if we left today and everywhere we are, in our homes, at our jobs, wherever we might be, and we decided, you know what? I'm going to serve. I'm going to humble myself 
And I'm going to do what everybody around me needs, not sit around and worry about what I need all the time. Amen? You know? Could you imagine if by the grace of God, we decided to, now now I know this doesn't make any sense, but deny ourselves. Ain't that freaky? You see, the reason people had trouble connecting with Jesus was he was so opposite world. He was so eternal. It wasn't about him. It was all about the Father and others. But to do that, you've got to be willing to deny yourself. You've got, could you imagine a group of people who woke up every day with one thing in mind? I am going to carry whatever personal cross for whomever God puts in my life. And I am going to be willing to die for them. Well, but that's for super Christians. No, friends. That's for Christians. And no matter what, no matter what happens, I am going to follow in the mindset, the heart set, the relationships, the focus of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again and I'm going to teach everybody around me to die and rise again. No matter what kind of death they have died, no matter where they might be, I'm going to teach them that no matter what happens in my life by the power of Jesus Christ, I'm going to rise again. Hallelujah. A perfect life? Yes. A perfect life because everything was perfect? No. But you and I have an example of who to be and how to live through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask you something this morning. It was a good sermon, wasn't it? Who cares? Are we going to go live it? Are we going to go live it? Or by the, by the grace of Jesus Christ, by the truth of Jesus Christ, by the glory of Jesus Christ, blessing upon blessing upon blessing, are we going to leave this place and say, you know what? It ain't about the junk of this world. It's not about the status of this world. It's not about getting what I want in this world. It's about glorifying my heavenly Father in my life and blessing every person God brings into my world. You want a great life? Go there. You don't have the capacity to go there. But by the grace of God, you do. Let's all stand. Father, this morning, wow. Wow. How our country, how our world, how our city, how our small world, how our homes, 
even our personal lives, how we need to focus on that perfect life in the middle of the crazy world. Show us. Lord, show us where we're out of step. Lord, show us where we're not focused, where we need to focus. Lord, convict us or whatever you need to do to kind of show us that we're going nowhere but destruction in some of the places we are. But by your grace and by your power and by your love and by your salvation, you can make us right. Father, thank you for your gospel. Thank you for who you are. But more than that, God, help us to go be the gospel. Help us to go declare the good news. Help us to go declare your love and your holiness in every word, in every decision, in every action. Father, thank you for our time together. May you be glorified. And all God's people said, God bless you. Have a great week.